Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the film Chasing Great, we follow Richie McCaw through his final season as he attempts the goal of captaining his team, the All Blacks, to the first-ever back-to-back Rugby World Cup wins. Woven through his final season, the film tells the story of Richie's life. With unprecedented access to Richie and a remarkable family video archive, Chasing Great is the story of how a shy farm boy went on to become one of the greatest rugby players of all time. We're joined today by the director of Chasing Great, Michelle Walsh. Michelle, welcome to film school. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about what were you hoping to achieve, and um, how did you gain such uh, access to the life of Richie McCaw? Well, I think, um, just to answer your first question, we set out with the film to make, it was always going to be for us, for Justin and I, a character study on what makes people extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, the uh, platform, or if you like, the stage for that was rugby, he is um, arguably one of the most successful athletes in the world, the All Blacks. Um, their record is, is nearly unparalleled in any sport around the world. So we knew that he was exceptional. We also knew that um, I'd been working with Richie for some time in various other projects, sports projects, and that I knew that there was a chance that he would be retiring soon. And so we actually just said to him, look, some, nobody's ever really told your story. You're constantly on the news. He's one of our most photographed, interviewed um, people in New Zealand and in, in other rugby markets, if you like. And we don't really know that much about you. If you're, you know, if you retire, obviously people will do a big documentary about your life and career. But what would that look like if we followed you during your final year? And at this stage, he hadn't even decided to retire. Mm. But there was a chance that he was going to hang up his boots and play his final game in such an incredible arena at the World Cup and risk his final game of his career being a loss. And we thought that was extraordinary. And to mm. do that at the time and shoot it through that period um, would be incredible if, if we could do it. So we just took a, you know, a, we had a, <laughs> a, a glass of Dutch courage or whatever you call it and we asked <laughs> him to do it. So initially his response was like, why would anybody want to watch a film about me, which is really funny because it uh, went on to be New Zealand's most successful documentary of all time. Mm. Um, really? So a few people were interested. Very well, outstanding, outstanding. Well, for American audiences who are not as familiar with rugby and don't, don't understand the kind of worldwide appeal of rugby, uh, could you give us a quick kind of rundown on on its yeah, popularity sure. and 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 yeah, please. I, I think uh, rugby is actually the highest growing sport in America at the moment. I think you're going to see a lot more rugby over the coming years, but. Interestingly, um, USA used to play rugby. In fact, um, there was a reigning Olympic champion. They stopped playing rugby in, in the 1930 or something, and America had won um, with a gold medalist, which very few people know about that. And I think NFL, a lot of the NFL was taken from rugby as well. So mm-hmm. there's actually a really close tie to rugby. Um, it's, it is a massive sport in the Southern Hemisphere particularly, um, but it also has huge audiences in France and uh, uh, the UK. 
and it's spreading further and further. I think the Rugby World Cup is the third most watched uh, sporting event. So it is actually really big. It just happens in North America that it's a growing sport rather than a really established sport. But it is, um, some people know it as a game similar to NFL, but without all of the padding and headgear. Um, There are similarities, there's definitely similarities. But I think the thing about this film is uh, we never made it to, to tell a story about rugby. We made it to tell a story about what makes people extraordinary. Right. Like how can a human be extraordinary? And we always wanted it to transcend rugby and actually even transcend sport. And I think a lot of the time when, when we were making this, we were thinking all the time, you know, what are the lessons here about the difference between good and great and the difference between great and the greatest? What does it take, you know, to, to reach those, those tiny margins of difference? Right. Um, so, yeah, rugby's really interesting. You'll definitely learn more about rugby, but it's I mean, that's not really a film about No, no, and I didn't mean to infer that. I Just for people who weren't aware, I mean, but they may have heard the name, and you're absolutely right when you compare it to, yeah. to, to NFL football. Very much, very similar. There's goals, and there's kicking, and there's tackling, and all. The, so, yes, it does share. It's certainly a, a uh, there's a connection there. But you're absolutely right. This yeah. is a film that starts out uh, with sort of telling his story, Richie's story, from the very beginning, and how... He was considered to be maybe not as physically gifted as the other um, guys who, who were on his team, but he showed this amazing determination and this amazing resolve and, and work that. ethic. Yeah. Uh, where, 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 I, I love that about the film, actually. That's yeah. one, of the, one of the things I was so excited that we could capture for a whole other generation of whether that be athletes or, or even people in, in their everyday endeavors, this idea that people who are that extraordinary actually often aren't built with um, natural talent. They might have some, but unanimously with all the athletes I've ever worked with, you hear it consistently that I was in the second team or my cousin was better than me or I struggled to, you know, get the coach's attention, but they just worked so hard and and I love that. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a famous athlete here, in the states, I mean, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school yeah, basketball team, right? He's it's famous. He said fa- it right. He does. He said he w- he didn't make the the college uh, team. Right? He, well, no, he That's didn't make his high school team, and he you know, and he was in in danger of not staying with his college team, which ended up he ended up at North Carolina. But but there is this again. I mean, this you're. I think what you're saying about your film is absolutely true. Greatness is more than physical gifts it's a mental it's a determination one of the, and it's also a, an ability to push yourself um when others may not have the same degree of of faith in you or or they may not see the things in you that you you as a person are able to pull out of yourself and that is what comes across in the film um in terms of access to Richie and his life, you you described that a little bit. Um, he seems like a very reserved man, a very one not given to a lot of out, uh, emotions. He's not very outspoken. Yeah. Gaining his trust, what was that like for you and for Justin um, Pemberton, the co-director? Um, well, Justin, yeah, I did. I actually directed the field, and Justin directed direction. Although he did a little bit of the drama reenactment, oh, okay. which was a really neat combo. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and I'll, I can talk about that later. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating thing to look at a co-directorship, especially when somebody is doing posts and the other person's in the field because you, you have um, a different critique of, of the footage that comes from just fresh eyes and not bringing baggage into okay. the edit suite, which you often do. Uh, as a director, you, you take the experience, whether good or bad, of capturing the footage and, and place different levels of importance on the footage based on how hard or easy it was to capture sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Justin predominantly did the post-production. So I've, I've known Richie for a long time. Um, I have a, aside from doing long form and doing drama uh, and documentaries, we in New Zealand also have a company that does um, commercial work with big sponsors for athletes. Like, so I'd call it um, long form storytelling that often will be for like Adidas or um, another another sponsor like that. Mm-hmm. So I come into contact with Richie quite a lot, and I think we had a good working relationship. I think there was a good level of trust there. And when we put it up to do to do this doco, um, you know, it, it was a huge uh, huge responsibility when he gave it to me to make because so many people wanted to tell his story, and and that sat on my shoulders very heavily for. Along the film, especially not knowing the outcome. You know, when you when you make documentary, there's no script. Yeah. And and um, that's a real challenge because you want to get as much access as you can without um, becoming difficult for the, for the person involved, and um, you can't guarantee what the story is going to be, and you're collecting and collecting footage. So it's a really interesting process. Um, but I, yeah, he, he gave us an enormous, enormous level of trust and, and um, I was always very conscious of that, that, that it was a huge privilege to be with an athlete of his calibre, you know, the night before, a, the day before a, a, a final or a semi-final to have the, um, the access to be able to talk to him about what that felt like. That was really extraordinary and at times I had to remove myself from that and not get sort of overwhelmed by that. Yeah. Um, or the pressure of that moment. Well, yeah, it's a you know the film itself, Chasing Great. It it, it captures a lot of one of the, the good things. One of the things, the strengths of the film is that its ability to tell the story of his journey, of him seeking uh, to uh, repeat as the uh, World Cup champ with his team All Black. And their own rich tradition, considered to be the, the one of, if not the finest, um, rugby team in the world, and um, that so we we get that, that the narrative that you're able to weave into uh, his own personal story, along with this uh, unprecedented attempt to win back-to-back world titles, is just builds a lot of tr- drama and empathy for him as a person. And um, and to understand more about him and his family and where they came from, there's just a lot of different elements in the film. And as you have said, this is a very personal story, but it's also one about how people achieve greatness. It is truly chasing great is is an apt title. How do you do that? How do you go about doing something like that? And um, I, I think uh, yeah, I think that's the mental side of uh, elite performance is. It was probably quite eye-opening for me during the making of this film. During it, we talked to a a forensic psychiatrist who spent time with Richie and really gave him some tools um, to get through very, very difficult hardships. And um, that, that to me, was one of the most interesting and fascinating takeaways, that 
to perform at these kind of levels. A lot of these incredible athletes or pilots or surgeons absolutely need tools to cope with the pressure. Yeah. Because the pressure is pressure's interesting. Pressure, um, Kerry Evans talks about this. He says pressure comes from expectation, scrutiny and consequence. And that's not just in sport, that's everywhere. So if you have a lot of expectation, which you have a whole nation expecting you to win, you have the scrutiny of all the media and all eyes on you and all around the world. And the consequence, which is that your families are affected when you lose, your contract is affected, your your family and friends are impacted. Uh, the, in New Zealand, the nation, you know, really <laughs> goes into a pretty miserable place. Um, and you start understanding the levels of pressure that these people are under. It only makes sense that they have tools to work with that. And I think in the film that she talks about, yeah. Um, imagining the big wave surface and big wave surface when they're on a, what do you say, surfers? Um, <laughs> when they're on those waves, yes. they, they don't think, they don't get underneath the waves and feel overwhelmed so much as they want to be on the wave and they want to test themselves. It's a really powerful tool if you're under pressure to think, am I going to just be under this wave and feel overwhelmed or am I going to put myself on it and, and, to myself, I want to be here and I want to test myself. And I think those tools are applicable in any part, anyone's life. We all experience pressure. Yeah. Um, so I found that part of the film really interesting. And, and in fact, I'd love to do another whole series about performing under pressure, not just in sports, but across the board. I think it's fascinating. And it's quite a new industry. Sports psychology is 20, 30 years old. We're, we're learning a lot. Well, and I, th- I think you've identified the difference between the modern athlete and someone who, who was playing professional sports in maybe the 50s or even the 60s. I, I think that's the difference is at that time to seek help, to seek advice from a psychologist would have seemed almost like uh, admitting defeat. And, and today I think we embrace it. I think uh, athletes at that level can almost cannot um, – it's a tool. It's another tool that they're able to use now mm-hmm. and able to, uh, in order to achieve that level of athleticism that they're they're seeking and that level of achievement. Not, it's not just that. You see it like with Tom Brady, you know, like when those those kind of elite athletes that are down on the, the clock's running out and they're down on the scoreboard and they're the ones that have the tools to come back from that yeah. and uh, get themselves into a space where they can again because when, when people are under enormous pressure um, you know we hear the term fight or flight but the other thing that happens is people freeze yeah. and you see it sometimes there's a couple of great instances in, in high profile sports games where a team appears to stop doing things well that they always do well simple passes you know a simple kick things yeah. that they've done a million times a shot at, a, at the hoop and they do it a million times not under pressure but when they're under pressure the brain, you know, goes into fight, fight or freeze sometimes and, and the top athletes or the uh, performance coaches and mental skills coaches teach those athletes how to cope in those uh, situations when the pressure is very high yeah. and just do the simple things well again that they've practiced 10,000 times. Yeah. Um, I think that's completely fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is very fascinating because you have muscle memory. You have all this history of doing these things. Mm-hmm. You can do them in mm-hmm. your sleep by the time you get to that level. But at that point, at that every something else is in, in play, and it, it is, it's our it's our brain <laughs> and our yeah. Brain, well, our, it goes. You actually they go they go into the primitive part of your brain. They make the 
Yeah. That's where you get that fight flight response. Yeah. And so those people and you know, all of us as humans when you're in a stressful situation, if you've yeah. got tools to recognise that firstly and then get yourself out of that headspace yeah. and get back to what you do well, like you say, the muscle memory or, or doing the thing you always do well. Um, and that's a very powerful tool. So I think I think we'll see in the future more and more of these skills come into business and into other performance environments. I agree. I agree. Well, um, in just the last minute uh, I have with you, um, what's been the reaction by Richie and uh, Richie McGaugh and his family, his wife? This film has screened already, so th- we know the public's reaction. But what was the reaction of him and his family? <laughs> it was really funny. He was like always saying to me, "I'm so nervous." He's like spoken to everybody in my life, and it isn't often I think that one person will speak to. I mean, you, you would never see it in normal life that somebody would interview your family, your friends, your coaches, your first teachers, your parents, you know, so I got a real full 360 and we used to laugh about that, but, you know, well, he was like, oh my gosh, what are, what are people saying? But he was actually incredibly um, trusting and just said, whatever they say or want to say, that's up to them. And and, and he was um, he really just allowed it to happen, which I was so grateful for. Um, but I had to watch it with him uh, the first time and it's always nerve-wracking because you don't know what his expectations are. And the film was finished, um, and I had to sit there and I remember not quite being able to make eye contact with him. <laughs> but luckily, he really liked it. Um, but you know, it's a huge expectation of something, and, and you, I, I wanted I wanted to make something that he was really proud of. But equally, I wanted to make something that I knew was a good film, yeah. uh, and it would bring something. So, so um, hopefully, I did both. Well, you did. You made a wonderful film, uh, and it's a very entertaining, engaging, as I said earlier, heartfelt, and there's so much humanity in it. Um, and even though he's a bit of a introspective man, by the end of the film I felt like I knew him pretty well. I understood a lot more about what motivates him and what motivates this this drive for greatness, it, it, at least in his case, and I'm certain that it, it's not unusual for people at that level of achievement to be that focused, and that's what you—that's what it takes. So, mm. yeah, the focus is extraordinary, isn't it? I think that's the difference. That focus is the difference between great and the greatest. Well, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you, Michelle Walsh, for for being here today on Film School. Again, the film is Chasing Great. Be looking forward. You can find out more about the film by going to chasinggreat.film. And that'll take you to information about it, where it's screening and other other information. I really appreciate your time today, Michelle. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Mike. It was it was a pleasure talking. Cheers. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.